Hello everybody and welcome back to Grumpy Poodle Talks. Uh, this is episode five and today I have a very special guest. Um, I have Savita Kay of House of Icons with me and she's going to be talking to me a little bit about the House of, um, House of Icons response to COVID, uh, some of the social issues that they raise awareness for and some special advice from her herself. So Savita, if you could Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about House of Icons. Of course. Hi, um, I'm Savita Kay. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, so House of Icons uh, was established back in 2014 during Fashion Week in London. And um, the ethos of our company is to help those designers who are emerging, whether they are British-based or around the world, to give them a global platform. Now, with many major fashion houses and, and fashion shows around the world, they're very expensive and there's a lot of protocols to go through, etc. But what we're interested in is the hidden talent, the, the, the raw creativity. And that's what we're pushing to the forefront. And uh, some of our designers who have been launched on our platform have ended up dressing and styling some very high profile um, celebrities around the world like Jennifer Lopez. We, we've even had, you know, one of our designers, um, beautiful outfits, dressed Michelle Obama, and so on and so forth. So, so th this was absolutely amazing. Um, House of Icons has now sort of like moved even further, giving the opportunity to music artists as well, as well as our hosts and presenters of our shows. Even our hair and makeup teams have done phenomenally well, our photographers. So, so it is a platform for all creatives to come together to showcase their work. Um, and, you know, we're one of those fashion houses do, who do not charge, you know, the earth, moon and stars to, to platform, platform with us. With us. Yes, I kept hearing myself. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yes, um, going, going back to, you know, obviously, you know, with being on Wikivideo, et cetera, um, you know, we are a very diverse um, fashion house. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, we don't look at colour of skin. We, we, we don't look at size and shape. We are trying to break the mould of the fashion industry in every shape and form um, because we believe fashion is for everybody, uh, not just for the stereotype, the so-called standard shape of a woman, uh, which I'm constantly battling with. Um, it, 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 it's unfair to say that you have to be a certain size or shape um, or height to look fashionable, trendy and beautiful. Um, uh, beauty comes in all shapes and sizes and, and that's what we're, we're highlighting constantly throughout our shows. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. That's one of the themes that we continuously talk about across my different podcast episodes. Um, it's just the different pressures that are put on women to look a certain way or the mm. different technologies that change things, etc. So that's something that I'm quite passionate about as well. Mm. And, and that's so, what we keep pushing the first question that i mm. wanted to ask you was that house of icons has had a very proactive response to covid slash lockdown can you tell us a little bit more about this for perhaps people that may not quite know well to begin with when we went into the first lockdown that seems thousands of years ago in, in, in my books um, we got all of our mini um, icon models, our, our mini child models to do pictures, you know, for the NHS and thanking them and 
you know, some of our child models also did a lot of charity work, you know, do donating hand sanitizers and, and various other things to NHS staff. So we promoted that quite heavily. Um, so if you go back on our social media to sort of like, you know, March, April, May of 2020, you will see that um, because we wanted to give hope to everybody out there. Um, you know, with the September show 2020, um, obviously by May, June, I knew the show was a live show wasn't going to take place. So we already had a contingency plan in place, um, even though we were disappointed that we couldn't do the live event after, you know, all of our successful events we've had so far. And when I mean successful events, it's our designers who are who become the successes we sort of like take a step back and we're like proud parents watching our, our children, you know, flourish and grow. Um, we decided to do digital diaries and we thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity for the world to understand and meet our designers in their areas of production and design and to find out more about them personally. So that's why we named it an intimate insight into the world of our icons. Now, a lot of major fashion weeks and fashion shows did something similar, um, uh, which was great. But then when it came to February 2021, so we were all ready to rock and roll in October, November last year for a live show February this year. But as you know, um, our government, the weekend before Christmas, put us all back into lockdown. And it was, again, the plans had to change. And it was, you know, I, I went into shock and so did my rest of my team and all our creatives. What do we do next? I said, let me think about it and I'll get back to you after New Year's Day. So on the 2nd of January, came up with this idea of doing a fashion film. Again, a lot of the fashion houses and, and major fashion weeks around around the world decided to do digital diaries again. I went, no, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. If I'm depressed, then the world's going to be depressed. It's like yeah. we don't want these constant reminders that we are in a lockdown, we are in a pandemic. You know, yes, it's there. It's a fact. But I wanted people or the, or the, sorry, the global audience to escape for a few minutes. So we came up with the idea of doing a fashion film. And it was uniting the world of creativity. As you know, unfortunately, there are so many divides at the moment in the world, yeah. whether it be against race, whether it be against religion, um, you know, political, you know, uh, opinions and beliefs on anything and everything. And and this was pre, pre you know, pre-COVID. And obviously now, you know, while we're in, in, the, in the lockdown, these divisions have got bigger and, the, yeah. and more divisions have been created. So I wanted to unite the world. So I wanted to remind the world what life was like and what life should be like today and what we need to look forward to life tomorrow is about love for life, laughter for life, the lust for life, the passion for life, the friendships we have in life and the innocence as well of life. So, uh, you know, if you've watched the fashion film, if you haven't, it's on our, our YouTube channel. Um, and it's also, you, you know, you can catch the link in our bio on, on our social media. Um, uniting the world of creativity. We had all these designers from around the world. And it, we wanted to bring the creative world together. But we wanted to highlight those, you know, those aspects of what life is about. Not was, but is about. Um, so you will see, you know, the innocence and the laughter of the children uh, with, with the children's designers and our, our, our mini icons, as well as obviously our designers from around the world. 
and as you can see in in, in the fashion film, we've used a beautiful diverse diverse range of models as well, um, because we wanted to highlight that beauty from around the world also. So that's what we did um, for February twenty twenty one. At the moment, fingers and toes crossed. You know, we are planning the live event for September twenty twenty one. Um, and but it all depends on government COVID guidelines on how we can do this, whether we um, have the full capacity, which we normally do, which is nearly a thousand people per day, or do we bring this down to 50% capacity and we, we introduce and, and implement all social distancing rules, which we've got no problems um, doing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, I love how hands-on you were because one of the things that is important to me about this podcast is giving people the chance to talk about COVID because it's like you said everybody else like at first they wanted to escape it and Mm. I think there was a it's helped people a lot more to have the chance to discuss it Um, Mm. and that's what I wanted this podcast to be a chance for so that people could talk about like industry issues that they've had specifically career issues or just their day-to-day problems that have been caused from COVID so when I saw the videos and all the work that House of Icons has been doing it really spoke to me like I really loved it and I also loved um I just I just love the diversity throughout the house um it's it's perfect because it's like you said you have designers from all around the world Mm. so of course you should have models that represent the brands from the countries where they come from like yes that that, I think that's very important as well (laughs) I mean, even the models who have come from, you know, different parts of the world, they're representing designers not from their part of the world, but from the opposite yeah. part of the world, which is absolutely brilliant. And and, and that's what we're, we're, you know, what we're aiming to do and we continue to, to do so. I mean, you know, going back to the pandemic and the impact of, you know, uh, COVID has had on the fashion industry, the, the impact has been horrendous. I'm not going to deny that in any shape or yeah. form. I mean, even the retail industry for, for clothing, as you know, with what's happened with Debenhams. And I will sit here and cry until I'm blue in the face uh, with Topshop, you know, the iconic Topshop yes. down Oxford Street. I mean, I've, I've discussed this and I've spoken to my friends and, and, and with industry colleagues. I still remember the day, again, for me, many thousands of years ago, I was back at university and we would sort of like, as you do, you know, and I don't recommend this to anybody, but, you know, when you, <laughs> when, when you decide to sort of like, oh, you know, we won't go to the lesson today, you know, but I, I don't advise it or condone it. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I did in my time many thousands of years ago when the ancient Egyptians ruled the world. Um, we would always say, let's meet outside Topshop. That was the central place. And then, you know, the older, you know, I got and when I was working and, you know, after work, oh, where should we meet? Oh, let's meet outside Topshop and we'll take and we'll go to a bar restaurant from there. It was, you know, as well as, you know, going in there shopping, but it was a great place to meet. It was it was an iconic building, iconic store. And now it's gone and it's absolutely heartbreaking. And then we'll, you know, and not obviously just you know not paying attention to the job losses i mean they've been absolutely horrendous in the retail industry so yes the fashion industry overall has had a major impact and it affected my designers in in so many ways and and i understood how important our show was for them 
because they needed our shows as well to, to obviously to exhibit their beautiful collections. And with the press, the publicity, you know, from not just from UK, but from around the world. And, and, and also, you know, the, the certain buyers and, and contacts would attend the show and they would then connect with them and so on and so forth. And, you know, they got a lot out of the show, which was always good to know. But I got to know this even more during lockdown. Mm. A part of me was happy with the fact I'm so glad this platform is working for them. But then on the other hand, my heart was breaking into a million pieces thinking, oh, my God, we're in lockdown. And my poor creatives who deserve all the accolades in the world can't go you know can't go through that experience what am I going to do so so for the show in September well for the digital diaries in September last year and for the fashion film this year I did not charge any designers it was basically funded completely by House of Icons my designers didn't spend a penny all we requested from them is that please send us two or three items not from your new collection, because we want to save that for the live show, but any pieces you've got from any of your previous collections and which you're not using or not selling at this stage, please send them to us and we will sort it out. So right now in my home, I have over 12 designer collections all boxed up. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, you know, we're looking at doing some editorial fashion shoots. We, d- we did one um, a week ago. Um, and they're being published in a major fashion magazine. So, but I'm not going to release the name anything until you know we we get all the proofs. But so pleased with that, and we're going to be doing that with some of our other designers as well to help them. So, yes, we are a fashion house with a heart. We feel yes, their pain. Definitely. You know, so um, it has been absolutely heartbreaking for them. But you know, it was also me, my company. It was our contribution of giving something back to the to the to the creatives and to the fashion industry it might only be a small drop in the ocean but at least it's something because i haven't seen anyone in the fashion industry do anything to help and support and like i said we're a very small drop in the ocean and whatever we could do to help even one creative is better than nothing do you see what i mean so yeah you know we, we, we had 18 designers in February 2021 for the fashion film. You know, we had um, 25 uh, for the digital diaries. You know, we, we did whatever we physically could, you know, um, do with, obviously, with this pandemic. Um, with, with the digital diaries, that was easy to put together. Not, I mean, it took, you know, a long time to do the editing. I'm not going to lie, but the, the designers were responsible to film and send it to us. Then we had to edit, clean it up, et cetera, and then put it into, you know, um, into one film, <coughs> which was, you know, it, 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 there's pros and cons to everything. With the fashion film, even though we controlled in terms of, because I produced and directed it, we controlled everything from hair and makeup, location, et cetera, et cetera. But to film it and the hoops we had to jump through to get the authority to film was a absolute nightmare. I don't know how many meltdowns I had before oh, we no. even started filming. So we, we filmed on the 20th of February, which would have been the day of the live show. And we had all the collections on the 19th of February. We I was steaming. No one's ever seen me steam before. Normally I have my team in. 
And, you know, obviously people were cracking jokes and they said, Sabita, do you know how to put a steamer together? I went, nope, no, I can't. I need help. What do I do? But I then yeah. figured it out and I was steaming. But the, in, in terms of the risk assessments and all the compliance that we had to do to do the fashion film because of COVID, the pandemic and all the restrictions was hell on earth. But there was no way I was going to back down. I, 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 I can't even think how many risk assessments I submitted, you know, one to the venue, one to the local council. You know, we had, um, you know, we had the four child models as well and trying to get their licenses through. And I said, look, they're only going to be on set for an hour and a half. They're going to come ready in hair and makeup. We're not doing hair and makeup. They're going to come ready in the designer outfits, et cetera, because everything's been sent to them at their home addresses. And it wasn't until... 24 hours before set up on Friday the 19th did we get everything approved wow. and I was having meltdown after meltdown I, I didn't say anything to the designers I just stayed very quiet and I was just praying like mad I went God universe angels whatever is out there aliens I don't care whoever's <laughs> out there listen to this needs to go through luckily it did and we had to comply with all social distancing like 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 mad. And even in the fashion film, you know, there are elements in there. You will see people with masks on. And, you know, my DOP, um, March, said to me, he said, do you still want to keep them in? I went, yes. I said, I don't want to ignore the fact of the pandemic either. So you, you have this guy with this blue surgical mask on pushing two extremely beautiful models in couture on a luggage trolley in part of the fashion film, if you've seen it. And we made him put his mask. I said, I want the mask in there. And there's another scene in the fashion film where we have, again, another stunning model posing and, and modeling. And you've got two photographers taking pictures and with their masks on. So I wanted to document a part of history as well. But I also wanted to highlight to the world that, yes, we are going through this pandemic. And yes, it has impacted people's mental health in some shape or form. But I, you know, but I wanted to show that we can overcome this also. This, sh this shouldn't actually destroy or chip away at our mental health. We have to fight back you know, with as much positivity as possible. And the best way I could think of with, is, was with beauty, creativity, um, through our designers and our creatives. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what, um, like, I love the fact that you kept masks in. Like you said, it was documenting a part of history, and I feel like mm. that's very important. Um, mm. Because it's like we've said nobody else seems to really be acknowledging it everybody else seems to be running from it and so I think that will be one of the reasons um and one of the things that will stand out from the show because I'm sure all the work is beautiful in it but when people are looking back at it they'll look at the looks and they'll look at the style and then they'll also notice the masks and so I think you were very very smart to keep that in Yes, I just wanted to document that part of history, um, basically. And I, I just didn't want to do another digital diaries because it was like, you know, some of the digital diaries that you'll see of the major fashion weeks and fashion houses, you've got them all zooming in and everything else. And I've got nothing against Zoom calls. I mean, I've been using that a lot myself. But when it comes to fashion and, and everything else, I thought there has to be a different and creative way of doing something and to execute it. And for me, when I was watching some of these digital diaries only in February 2021, 
I sat there and I felt really down. There was nothing wrong with the designers talking or being interviewed on Zoom. And I just felt this is supposed to be fashion week and I am so down and I've got this constant reminder. And it's like, I'm so glad we went down the fashion film route. I'm so pleased. And that a bit of escapism and just to remind people that life was, is and still will be beautiful. I love that. I love that image so much. I think it's very, very important. It's the the fact that we still need to recognise that even though we are going through a hard time, even mm. though there's tough times, the tough times don't last. Like, no. no matter how long they're there, they do always finish and there is always gold at the end of the rainbow. So I love that. Yeah, we just have to try and stay as positive as possible. Um, and, you know, try not to let it affect our mental health easier said than done to be totally honest with you um but we just have to keep trying and so even if there is a time where one day you're you're fine and 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 the next day you're not it doesn't matter you've still got the following day to try again and just keep trying so even if you take two steps forward and five steps back it doesn't matter just still keep trying because one day it will be you'll be three steps forward and, and three steps back and then you just keep trying again until you're four steps forward and so on and so forth. So, you know, we just all have to keep trying. And it has been very, very difficult, me included. It hasn't been an easy ride at all since the first lockdown when our Prime Minister here in the UK announced 23rd of March, you know, it's only three weeks we're going into lockdown to flatten the curve. Mm. It's been the longest three weeks. Uh, So, you know... Here we are in April 2021 and we were only supposed to be in lockdown for three weeks. So, yes, it's the longest three weeks of my life. (laughs) So we just have to remain as positive as possible. So, you know, the road to recovery, I mean, here in the UK, you know, as you know, um, some of the non-essential places are opening on the 12th of April. I'm praying that goes well so that we go into stage four in May. And then fingers crossed, stage four will be lifting everything by 21st of June. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Toes, fingers, everything. (laughs) So the second question that I wanted to ask you, because Mm. one of the things that I love about House of Icons is that you raise awareness on topics that perhaps not many other brands are brave enough to or feel like they have the capability to. So the second question I wanted to ask was that um, you raise awareness for many different social issues. Are there yeah. any issues that House of Icons or you personally are very passionate about? Yes. Um, one is domestic violence and abuse against young children and domestic violence. Um, now, I got great feedback and I also got a lot of stick for it, but I didn't care. I felt that it had to be raised. So I'm not ashamed to admit that, unfortunately, I went through domestic violence and basically my child also suffered abuse while I was going through domestic violence. This is uh, back in the day before I even entered the fashion industry. I was married and it wasn't it wasn't a very nice time. And that's me being very polite. Um, So in 2017, for London Fashion Week, for our show, um, I came up with an idea and I said, you know, through fashion and music, I wanted to highlight um, domestic violence. So I sat and I spoke to my models. We used the track, I'm Only Human. Um, and, um, you know, we had all the stats and everything else of domestic violence. We also filmed 
found our models actually lip syncing to the words of the song as well. So the the guests could actually see the models live on stage performing um, as well as seeing them on the big LED screen, if that makes sense. So yeah. um, we we did that and I then came out and I spoke about my story. Now we had the head of Metropolitan Police there, we had some major barristers there, um, you know, from uh, from some of the most senior courts, etc., uh, watching the show. And they said, we've never seen domestic violence, um, that portrayal of someone's story done in such a manner. So we were commended by it. Obviously, there's some, you know, in the industry, you know, yeah, you have all those other wonderful people um, who um, I feel are my driving force. Some people might call them haters, one or the yeah. other. But I do call them my driving force. And, you know, when I first started in the industry, this is back in 2012, 2013, I was put down a great deal for the colour of my skin um, and also being called a pathetic excuse of a victim of domestic violence. I actually stated that on stage in front of 1,000 people. And um, funnily enough, those people who said those wonderful things to me back in the day were all sitting front row VIP. Oh, wow. So I'm one of those people who do not prepare my speech. I do not prepare anything. I talk from the heart. So anytime you see any of my speeches on stage, you will know Savita didn't rehearse that. She's, I always, always speak from the heart. So I glanced at them and I looked away and I then said basically those who actually condemned me to being a pathetic excuse of a victim of domestic violence. At that time, we had launched in six cities around the world at that point. And I said, not bad for pathetic excuse of a woman of domestic violence. And I could feel their eyes burning into my face. So, you know, I, I wanted to highlight that to them. But then, you know, I also stated that if I could help one woman who has gone through hell, then I know the experiences I personally went through, there was a reason. There was a higher purpose, a higher calling, whether it be, I don't know, act of God or the universe orchestrated this on purpose for me to go through it in order for me to talk about it, in order for me to help someone. And, you know, um, 50 women came forward that night. That night, 50 women came forward and there were a mixture of my guests my makeup artists, my designers and my models. I had no idea. Some of these models, designers and makeup artists, I had been working with for quite some time. I had no idea. Neither did they have any idea about myself. And there was one model, and I still remember to this day, she sent me a WhatsApp. It took her a week to put this message together. So she WhatsApp me and she said to me, she said, I wanted to say thank you for the opportunity again for being at your show. She said, I had no idea what you were talking, what you were going to talk about on, on, on stage. She said, so we were lining up for the grand opening and, uh, you know, and you spoke. She said, Savita, I just wanted to let you know that I get threatened every single day by my partner that if I don't do as he says, he's going to chop me up into little pieces. And, you, you know, she said, I don't feel normal. So when I stand next to my colleagues, the other models, I don't feel normal. I feel you know, I, I shouldn't belong there. I am damaged goods because this is another phrasing I used when I did my speech. Mm. And she said, when you spoke, 
she said, I felt someone was speaking on my behalf and that someone actually understood me. And I feel today that I'm no longer alone. You spoke, you spoke volumes for me. And I remembered that message. Even now it makes me shake because of what this poor girl went through. And I broke down crying when I read her message. I'm I'm a little bit teary now. (laughs) I was absolutely heartbroken for her that she gets threatened every single day. She doesn't do what her partner tells her to do. And, you know, and there's some other horrific stories. So behind the scenes, um, I have been helping as many women as possible get help, get the right legal advice, you know, um, especially, you know, especially those with young children as well, um, so that they get the right help, they get housed, etc. you know, so that they're away from that toxic environment. And unfortunately, with lockdown, this has gone through the roof. And, you know, I have code words set up with certain people um you know um we have a number of code words i'm not going to tell you the exact code word that i use i'm just going to make one up oh god what am i going to say okay so i'm I'm into baking cupcakes at the moment for example so this is not a code word i'm using because i've only just started learning how to make cupcakes so basically it will be like oh do you do you need any cupcakes for example and what's your address and I, i i will get them delivered to you and if that person responds yes to the cupcakes and that they want a dozen cupcakes we know that we need to contact the authorities and get them to their home address. Yeah. That's just an example. So, you know, we're doing our best to help where we can. That's amazing. Because, um, this, again, this is something that I'm very openly passionate about. I'm a very, very, very outspoken feminist, if you haven't seen from my social media yet. Yeah. And so even though you're not speaking on my behalf because I don't have children, I'm not in a domestic violence situation, I thank you for speaking out on behalf of those that are. Thank you for sharing your experiences. The It's sharing our experiences as a collective, not, not you and I, but as a collective, mm. that will make the difference. And being able to also do that through fashion, uh, you can tell it's something that you're very passionate about and it's very obvious why it's, uh, it's your career. Um, and so just, just thank you for putting yourself out there and for sharing your story. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's like the, the more people that we can help, whether it be professionally through, you know, the creative and, or, or the fashion path, or if it's with certain issues like domestic violence and abuse of young children in domestic violence situations, you know, we will do whatever we can, you know, within our power to help. Um, I, th- I think we've all got that social responsibility to try and help others if we can. Yeah. Um, even if it's from, you know, um, any um, shape or form that we can help, you know, I think we all have a social responsibility to try and help people. And even if it's just listening to someone, because even just listening to someone, you have no idea you could be saving someone's life. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry. I've just, uh, the impact of your work and your words has just hit me. I'm getting like a little bit teary because this is the, one of the ongoing themes throughout my podcast is about women's rights. And especially like you said, behind the scenes, we have we have no idea what people are going through. And in the industry itself, mental health is appalling, as I'm sure you know. And being a part of that industry and making that change, it you're doing good work, you're doing the work that is meant to be done that we should be hearing more about. And so 
I, I will be going out of my way to make sure people oh, know bless the you. work that you do no god bless you I, I don't know if we scare people to be honest because we're quite outspoken um i think you know when um uh, when the black lives matter movement happened last year um i actually was quite broken because i remember conversations one or two years prior to that from some of my they're, they're stunning models absolutely beautiful Savita, do you take models of color on board and I just went really quiet. I said, have you seen my skin colour? They said, yeah. no, but because it's, you know, fashion week. And, and I said, but have you seen my skin colour? What are you talking about? And I didn't understand it. Um, I, I know that sounds very sort of like, Savita sounds very naive there, but I didn't understand that. I thought, well, hold on, you know, I'm a different the shade of beautiful too, you know? What, yeah. What's going on? And um, they said, do you accept models with Afro hair? And again, I'm scratching my head going, what are you talking about? I said, can you walk the runway? Do you have experience to walk the, on the runway? Yes, we do. Fantastic. They showed me the videos. They showed me the portfolio. Great, you're hired. And they were really happy, but they looked confused. But I was even more confused. Yeah. But that's when it hit me last year. And I actually broke down crying on, the, on a call to my friend. I said, now I know why these models ask me these questions. And I cried. I absolutely was heartbroken. I'm not ashamed to admit I cried. It was, it was a human emotion and I was completely hurt. And I thought, no. And, you know, when you see our shows, if our models have beautiful Afro hair, my hair and makeup team under strict instructions do not touch their hair. Forget the hair mood board. They will go with braids or with Afro hair. I want it yeah. to look beautiful. And we've had beautiful models with beautiful Afro hair wearing couture or even sort of like Asian garments. And wow, did they rock that runway. It was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I love so, that. You, um, you don't really hear um, enough about houses or brands that leave people's hair alone. Like it's their hair. They choose how they want it to look unless they're okay with you touching it like that's their right so I, I love that Savita Savita you are speaking to my soul right now I'm so glad there's people like it, you in the industry it shows the, the beauty of diversity Absolutely. this is what people are not understanding why does a person of whatever color that they are regardless of their hair type have to conform to a certain industry standard and I'm being politically correct as possible here yeah. while saying this I, I don't understand it. And if people want to call me naive, if they want to call me a rubbish businesswoman, then great. I am naive and I'm a rubbish businesswoman. I accept that as the biggest compliment under the sun. It's because I want the, there is beauty around the world in all shapes and forms. There is not one standard to beauty. I am sorry. End of. There's beauty in everything. End of. <laughs> So, you know, if I get criticised for it, hallelujah, may I be criticised for it. Do not care. I love it. This is this is speaking, speaking to my soul. Normally, when we bring up issues like this on my podcast, I get quite angry. But because I'm so passionate about making sure that people are represented in the way that they want to be represented. And like I said, just knowing that you're there helping these people just it calms me down a little bit. It makes it easier. Look, we, we've had models who are transgender, um, you know, designers who are transgender. We've had, you know, um, uh, non-binary models on our runway and they will be open up front. Do you mind if I said, why should I mind? What are you talking about? 
what it, why are you saying do i mind if you're transgender why are you saying that do i mind if you're you know non-binary? why are you saying this to me if you're model can you walk my runway yes great fantastic yeah you know if you want to wear heels if you want to wear makeup if you don't want to wear makeup and you don't want to wear heels it's up to you just rock my runway that's all i care about you know and even with our designers they say you know you know i i, I don't care what their gender is or what their sexual orientation is or, or what whether they want to be called a boy i don't care I just want to look at your portfolio. Are you creative? That's it. I would. I want to see your collection. That's all I'm interested in. Don't care about your religious beliefs. You know, um, I have no issues with it at all. I mean, we did a massive uh, solo segment for China last year, and um, it's a British Chinese lady, fant- absolutely fantastic. And then obviously we all heard what happened with the COVID nineteen pandemic and where it started from, and you know this poor woman was so scared and, and so worried about racial abuse and then I was getting private messages oh you need to pull this segment blah 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 oh no we did not pull this segment I went on stage I held her hand and I said we will stand united yeah um the, you know at the end of the day whatever's happening it could have happened from any part of the world unfortunately it happened from that part of the world uh, it's happened but you you do not target or discriminate anyone Absolutely. Because it's not their fault. Absolutely. So, so I, I got, and I had to publicly put a status up on all my social media stating that, you know, we are not pulling this solo segment. Um, rest assured, all the collections are being shipped in. Um, the performers are British Chinese. Um, and the person who's heading up the solo segment is actually British Chinese. And the company is also British and registered in the United Kingdom. Yes. So, you know, and we're taking every precaution under the sun for, you know, um, for viruses, etc. Because it hadn't hit UK at the time during Fashion Week in London, um, which we were quite fortunate because uh, Paris and Milan got hit straight after, but New York and London, we were fine, um, but we didn't pull it. Um, and I said, if it's because um, this segment is to do with the Chinese creatives, I'm sorry, but we do not get involved in politics at all. Our, our house of our icons is open to everybody and we're interested in the creatives and giving them a platform. End of story. I love it. I love it. This is, this is so I'm so glad. I just can't explain how glad I am that you didn't give in, that you just stood your ground because, yeah, you, you've just said it. There's no point in me backing it up. You've said exactly what I think. <laughs> I mean, for September 2021, we've also got another solo segment with the hidden beauty of Kurdistan. And, you know, we will be highlighting the genocide of um, of the Kurdish people that happened, you know, un- unfortunately many years ago. Um, and still how they're being targeted, their community um, uh, and everything else. So, you know, I'm not going to say too much right now because obviously, you know, it will be coming out in the pre-press for the up and coming September show. But these, the, the Kurdish designers, it's like, wow. I, I was absolutely gobsmacked. And if you watch the fashion film, there are actually six Kurdish designers in that fashion film. And I, and I say to everyone, sort of like half serious and half jokingly, tell me which are the six Kurdish designers and they, get, and, and they can't guess at all. Mm. And I said, great, you'll find out in September 2021. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely phenomenal collections. It, it it just blew my mind away. 
Well, I'll make sure to promote it on the podcast page so then the listeners, if they're not following you or if they're about to follow you, then we can make sure that they can see it through my page as well. Fantastic. And for the first time, we're actually sponsoring um, House of Icons, a student designer, uh, which is um, N8 by Nathan Vandervelde. So he'll be opening our show in September. So he'll be the first designer opening our whole show for the first time since the, our last show in February 2020. So from wow. now on, we yeah, we were going to be, we were looking into this anyway in January 2020. And they said, okay, we won't do it for February 2020 because it's too short a time frame. But what we could do is that like we do casting with models, we would be doing this for the designers and we'd be giving away a free slot to a student designer, which was yeah. planned for September 2020. But COVID got in the way. So um, we are now doing this for September 2021 and we're looking to do this every season as well. Okay. That, well, that's, um, what, if another cast calling comes out, um, then I can share it and see if any of my fellow student friends have, I, I know a couple of designers, so I can send them your way or I can show them the page and you can take a look. Fantastic. That'll be absolutely brilliant because we want to support the next generation of icons, you know, and, you know, with... With, with student designers who've just graduated and they're trying to make their mark in the industry sometimes it's not what you know it's who you know and, and how to yeah. get your collection out there and we want to be that platform and we want to help well, so this is, what, this is what I, that's what we want I, to pursue I'm gonna move us on from this topic just because this next part is like quite personal to me and mm. I just want to share your wisdom with everybody so mm. the final question that I wanted to ask you was do you have any advice for fashion students who are going into the industry professionally and like any advice on how they can handle the industry? Right. So it's probably one of the most toughest and most cutthroat industries there are. I'm just a producer of a show and I felt it. And yeah. some of the some of the stories, horror stories that I have heard. So to start off on a negative from some of the designers who have been designing for five, ten years have, have, have faced issues. All I can advise is that if you are passionate enough, become strong and keep pursuing it. And do not, and I repeat, do not give up. Yeah. Keep pushing your collections out there. Keep try and get as many editorial shoots as you can, even if it means like doing TFP, you know, working with new makeup artists, new models, new photographers, just to get a portfolio because every it benefits everybody. It benefits the photographer, it benefits the makeup artist, it benefits the model, and it will also will benefit themselves to collectively come together if they can start doing that and to just keep pushing their designs forward and not to give up that once you get over that hurdle that that's your mindset hurdle of not giving up then you know you can achieve anything that's I, come I think from, that's brilliant advice i come from a corporate banking background you yes. know, and i've come into this industry it's like it, it's madness you know um while i was in corporate banking i was a journalist um, I did A-level English literature. I love writing, just like how designers and creatives can produce masterpieces of, you know, clothing or like how makeup artists can create these beautiful looks and, and hairstylists make these beautiful sort of like, you know, hairstyles and with photographers with their amazing um, images. With me, it's with words. 
and 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 that's how I got into the industry by covering various events, fashion events, music events, so on and so forth. And um, you know, um, I then fell into sort of like going into producing shows because I was head of backstage for a fashion show, and because I come from a compliance background and a risk background in corporate banking, I was questioning all the designers. You're taking a big risk. You're spending all this money with what guarantee you are going to get a return on your investment. And they all said in the hope of being discovered. And, and that was that was the few words that stuck in my head, the hope of being discovered. And then in uh, September 2013, I thought, sod this, I'm going to do my own show. It was a challenge to myself. It wasn't as if I was going to do this for, forever and ever. And it was called um, Angels of Fashion at the time. The The name never sat with me because it was a collective idea, but it never sat with me. And I thought, you know, we'll, we'll push it through. And that one little show did so well. A designer got picked up by Louis Vuitton. Um, one of our other designers ended up dressing the likes of Rihanna and Paris Hilton. Another four wow. designers sold off the runway. And I thought, what happened there? So I was sitting there scratching my head thinking, what did that, how did that happen? And what we discovered with analysing it is that because I was, I had a few contacts, you know, with uh, with a few magazines, I said, oh, please come to my show and just support me. You know, I'll give away free tickets, just you, your friends, partners, etc. come. And they said, do you know what, Savita, we'll do one better. And I said, what's that? And they said, we'll write about the show. We'll do some pre-press releases for you to help you out. So they did this out of love. So two, three months before the show, they did some pre-press releases um, we then did the show because then the guests and, and everybody knew who the designers were and hence the reason they did so well. And then I sat down and I spoke to my little makeshift team at the time. I thought, what happened? You know, you know, th- there is a big gap in the market. No one's supporting the emerging creative. Um, and um, my team said, you know, there, th- there is a gap in the market that needs to be filled. And um, I said, but I don't like the name. We need to change it. And they said, OK, what do you want? I said, I want my creatives to come home I want them to feel comfortable you know given that fluffy wonderful stuff that you know that they're they're in complete security and you know we're opening all these doors around the world to them Um, and that's where the name house of icons comes from and the k we spell icons with a small i and a big k and that was from my ops director at the time. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2015. And um, I said to him, I said, why the big K? He said to me, so Savita, you're such a dodo. He said, the, K, the big K represents you, Savita K, <laughs> Lady K. I went, oh, okay. So um, I didn't mind him calling me a dodo. Sometimes I can still be a bit of a dodo. But and so we, we've kept that, the house of icons, a small I, big K. So a Lady K production. So we wanted to show the feminine side that it is, you know, a woman, a lady b- behind the scenes, but we're also showing strength as well at the same time. I love that. I think that's exactly what we need um, because as much as the industry likes to put itself out there, that it's very forward thinking and that they've made big reason they have, but there is still definitely inherent sexism just everywhere and so i think for to have female brands and female fashion houses that are so prominent and just so um they just don't care i forgot what word i was going to say but they're just in your face they're just like no i'm a woman i'm good i'm formidable you've just got to deal with it I, i love that that's exactly the thing that young girls especially young girls who are looking to go into fashion or um teenagers or students who are looking I think that's the kind of role model as you're the type of role model Sunita that we need to see well I'm, you know another thing is that our models feel safe when they do our shows 
yeah. um, I, I'm not going to say too much. I mean, you, you can interpret this or whoever's listening can interpret this in, in any way. But, you know, some of the models are put into very compromising situations, whether they be male or female models. And I've always said to my models, if anyone even breathes in your direction and I don't like it, I will personally throw them out. They will not need security. I, I don't need security. I can do this myself. And there have been times I have physically removed people out of the show who have crept into backstage etc and I've thrown them out and my security team have laughed at me and they're all six <laughs> foot tall built like you know brick houses and they say you really don't need us do you I went well you, know, <laughs> you need to hire me you know and there's me looking up at them you know six foot tall and there's me five foot nothing you know looking up at them but you know our models feel safe when they do the show and, and that's the main thing and also when we have the children's show um, our security is even tighter um, you know, we have a different team in that are all DBS enhanced. Um, so they've had their criminal checks done that they can work with children and can be near children. And we have a number of licensed chaperones, etc. So our team completely changes for the children's show. And um, before going back two, three years ago, you know, a lot of parents would say, oh, no, Savita, House of Icons, they're way too strict on the children. I said, well, number one, I don't want anyone coming near your child. That shouldn't be authorized near your child. Absolutely. And plus... Who, are, if you are putting, if you're putting your children in our charge, we will only discharge them back to you. Um, we did have a situation where a mother had uh, discharged their child in our care, and then when it came to discharging the child, the child said, "Oh, that's my daddy. I'm going to go to my daddy." He went, "No, hold on." So we looked who had signed the child in. It was the mother. Father came and wanted to take the child. I went, "Sorry, the mother needs to to be here." He said, "Well, the mother just popped out to get something to eat." Sorry, we can't discharge the child. So, you know, we then discharged the child back to the mother and then the mother yep. and father went off on one and then I was called in and they had to speak to me. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, we don't know if you are happily married or if you're separated or divorced or if yes. he's a kidnapper or you're the kidnapper, etc. There have been situations like this. So she, your child may have recognized that's daddy and that's mummy, but we don't know this personal information. So we are safeguarding and securing your child back to the person who actually put them in our charge in order for us to discharge them to you. After a 20-minute discussion, the father calmed down and said, actually, you did the right thing. I said, I'm sorry, but yeah. there's been too many horror cases. And I said, I'm a parent myself. Um, and I said, I've been in, in a similar situation where I would not want my child discharged to my partner because not many people knew what was going on behind the scenes, but we have to protect the child in every shape and form. Absolutely. So everybody's protected at our shows. That's something, um, when I saw that House of Icons was working with um, designers for children, it wasn't so it, it didn't worry me, but it was something in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, how are they going to deal with this? Because I knew you were very good with your models anyway but I was like what do they actually do to protect these children and I knew I knew there was going to be something and I'm just so glad that you've said that we have child protection we have child protection policies in place I set a, a child protection course myself personally I check everyone's DBS certificate enhanced certificates I check all their licensed chaperone uh, certificates and paperwork as well. We have to apply for a child license uh, with the local council where the hotel is based in. Um, so um, wherever we do the show, we have to get permission for the license from that borough, not from the borough I live in, but in the borough where the actual venue sits in. And yeah. um, we do everything that the local council tells us. And they actually say we're very strict, meaning me. And they said, we're glad you're really strict because, you know, we can use you as the standard for, Absolutely. you know, 
other fashion shows or other performances with children that this is how strict House of Icons are and, and this is what they've implemented. So we're very strict from that point of view. Um, I will not break any child protection laws for anybody. I don't care who it is. Um, and, you know, because of the experiences of gaining sort of like licenses, etc., I know every child protection law under the sun for UK now. Even I down mean, to reporting and everything. <laughs> Definitely good knowledge to have, you know, being, you know, if I have to be a whistleblower or, it, yep. you know, uh, have to record or document, et cetera, any form of, you know, any anything that's not white going on with the children or anything else, it's, we will stop it in its tracks there and then. E- even down to the ch- children's clothing. It's like, sorry, but that's not going on the runway. Not going to allow it. Don't care. These are children at the end of the day. We, we don't like children in high heels, like children of the age of eight. You know, if they're 16, 17, okay, they fine. They can wear slightly higher heels if they want to. But even with their makeup, no, I had one parent saying, I want false eyelashes on my eight-year-old child. And like the Whoa, film no, The Exorcist, no, no. The, my head spun 360 degrees. And I said, I'm a mother. I will not allow my child to say to me, mum, I want to wear false eyelashes. They will be, it will be right, that's it, you know, you're grounded for I don't know how many centuries. No, I said, these are little children, you know. And I said, for God's sake, you know what the world is like, unfortunately. There's some very unsavory characters out there. Children need to look like children. This is children's fashion and they are yeah. not, you know... 17, 18, 19 year olds where they can wear the makeup and the false eyelashes. They're eight years old for God's sake. And I said, if you don't like it, they're absolutely fine. You're free to to leave with your child. I said, but I won't allow that to happen. Oh, Savita, I just want to say thank you for who you are across the board because everything that you've explained with the way that you work with your models, with your brands, I've, I've said it before and I'm just going to keep saying it. I am so glad that there's somebody like you out there that's looking after people in the way that they should and want to be looked after. That just thank you. Thank you for putting my soul at rest. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We try. We're trying. We're still trying every day. I love it. So I'm going to wrap things up now because this has been a lovely chat. Um, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. But thank you so much for coming on to chat to us. Um, this has been a very, very, very um hard hitting but i think necessary talk um and just again for the what feels like the seventh thousand time thank you for coming on thank you for sharing your experiences um i'm gonna share the advice that you've given on the story and i'll tag the page that people can um see what you've said and just thank you again for coming on no problem it's an absolute pleasure and anything i can help with please let me know brilliant thanks Avita. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.